Thank you for walking with us in this mass thing. I believe this nation, you might have heard this, is on the road to Damascus. So it will happen to honor as we see how we can honor and, and, and walk this together as a family. He is a good God. What a theme in worship, and I'm not going to take a whole lot of time this morning, um, but I just wanted to talk about uh, just the revival culture that we've been talking about. Um, as you know, uh, my dad, Steve Wilson, our founding pastor, has been working through a series on a book he wrote, Keep the Fire Burning. That's available at the back, and uh, we'll be touching on some of his other books. I, I don't even know how many books he's on now. It's seven, eight, I, I don't know, but just incredible books. And, uh, but uh, the, the, one of our greatest hearts and one of, one of the journeys of our life is, is being able to uh, walk and cultivate uh, an atmosphere of revival, but, but it's not, not us. It's just being yielded to the Lord and, and, and walking being yielded to him um, that he would be in control because when the, the Lord's in control, revival happens. Uh, it does mean that we're out of control, though, and we have to relinquish control to him. But uh, I think in a lot of ways, revival is not just something we experience as an event or we experience as a group, but it's something that happens in our hearts individually. You know, the term revive actually means to come alive again. So each one of us, uh, being a part of revival means each one of us coming alive again uh, with, with the Holy Spirit uh, able to move through us. So he's this incredibly amazing, gracious, good God, uh, and he's also a holy God. He is a holy God. And for the Lord to be able to move through us, it takes being able to yield to a holy God to be able to work in us, to purify our hearts, to go deep in places in our heart. And I believe he wants to go deep this morning. Thank God that he's the now God. We just looked at Revelations chapter 1, verse 8. And I was reminded, and you can put that back up again, but I've reminded how many times that I've said who was and is and is to come. Anyone else said that? Or am I the only one? I was just putting it in, uh, in order there. But I think it's very important that Jesus uh, uh, declares himself as is first. Because he's not just the was God or the to be God, but he is God right now, right now. And when I think about my life and the encounters that I've had with the Lord, every time I've had an encounter with the Lord, I don't know about you, but it brings me to a place of repentance. It brings me to a place of just yielding to the Lord and inviting him into deep areas of my heart. And sometimes the Lord's able to use seasons. We're just going through one, and I believe we're coming on the other side of it. A season of pressure and testing where he uh, can go deep in our hearts and find matters that he wouldn't be able to unless we were under that extreme pressure. And as those things manifest, then we have that opportunity to deal with it ourselves or, or to blame other people. So God help us to deal with it ourselves as he brings things out of our heart. Because he wants a holy people. In his grace and mercy, he has released his Holy Spirit to go to work in our hearts. He's released his Holy Spirit to put on us his Holy Spirit. In Isaiah chapter 11, it talks about the root of Jesse. Uh, and that's Jesus, isn't it? And upon him was the Holy Spirit, right? We know that. But it was a spirit of wisdom, a spirit of counsel, a spirit of understanding, a spirit of power. Got that backwards. And, and the fear of the Lord. Then it says this. It says, Jesus delighted in the fear of the Lord. 
He delighted in the fear of the Lord. Anyone else find that a little difficult to understand? I'm just going to be honest with you. To delight in the fear of the Lord? And then it goes on to say that Jesus did not, said he did not judge by what he saw. He did not decide by what he heard. I mean, no, this is a season where we need to be walking in such a way that we're looking to the Holy Spirit of truth to be our source for all truth. He is the truth. What the Lord has released through his word, and it's funny how you start pointing to technology now to represent that, but what he's released in his word, what he releases to us in relationship with him, the rhema word, that's the truth. And uh, we're in a season where the Lord's inviting us, I think, as a community to just understand uh, his holiness to have a deeper understanding of the fear of the Lord and what that looks like. It's interesting when you talk about his grace and his mercy, but yet he's a just God, and his justice is his grace and mercy. But his justice is also this, that unless we have Jesus, the wrath of God will be upon us. Unless we have Jesus and we've accepted him, there is eternal damnation. He was a savior for a reason. We have to remember what he's saving us from. That's one of the most profound things that I think about sometimes is the earlier revivals in America when, when there were claw marks on, on the back of the pews. In, in, in the first great awakening, as people could see the flames of hell below them and, and they were scraping on the back of the pews because they were afraid they were going to just drop through the floor, they were seeing visions of hell. You know... I believe that in his grace and mercy, the Lord has made and an, uh, able to us to be able to walk with the fear of the Lord, not even from this principle of what we do right or wrong, but it's because the Holy Spirit puts upon us the fear of the Lord. That's what that scripture says. It was, it was the spirit of the Lord that upon him put what? Uh, wisdom, counsel, understanding, power, and the fear of the Lord. Well, I don't know about you, but I, I, I don't think about what I did right or wrong that day in order to receive wisdom from the Lord or counsel from him. I just position myself to receive. And I receive wisdom and counsel. And I'm blessed because I can then walk out and make better decisions in my life. Well, the fear of the Lord is available. And we receive it in faith in the same way we receive the other things that the Holy Spirit releases in our life. And what's incredible is we've, we've got to be careful in, the, in this move of God that, and we're in it that the holiness of God, I believe, is something that he's calling his people into. He's calling us into, but it's not a standard we can hold at the door for people coming through the door. A bunch of kids coming through in the north building, they're going to be cussing. They're going to be telling stories that might make our hair stand up on end. I don't know. But how are we going to receive them? You know, we receive them with love. We receive them with love. He didn't, uh, he didn't come in to the world, did he, to condemn. But he came in to save us. We've got to be careful to not apply personal holiness, which is a call the Lord has. He wants his people to shine brighter than ever. Because he loves you and that's how you operate best. 
but he also loves the world around you. And he loves the world so much. He loves the world so much that he doesn't want a messed up version of the bride greeting him and then them walking away going, I don't want that. He wants the people that are willing to love, to, to put down judgment and offense and just say, I, I don't take any part in that. Why? Because we're opening ourselves to holiness and the fear of the Lord that would look into us and find those logs so that we're not pointing out the splinters when they come through the door. The Lord is calling his bride to purity. Many in this room, perhaps you've struggled with cyclic behaviors, habitual habits. The Lord said, do you know what the cure for Christian cyclic behavior is? And I've shared this before, but I said, no, Lord. <laughs> or you know, Lord, I can't remember what I said. He said, the Great Commission. The Great Commission. When we go, our eyes go on to others. When we go, the Lord focuses on us so he can pour out. There's a well in us that we must steward. There's a well in us that we must go to. There's a well in us that we must cultivate our personal relationship, and not just personal relationship, and love to hear Melissa's teaching on this one day, but, but there's, there's personal worship and there's corporate worship, and we can't forget both of those elements. But there's a well in us that, that, that we can access and tap. But there's also a river out of us that desires to flow to the community around us. And, and the Lord's just positioning us and inviting us uh, to, to understand his holiness, his, his jealousy. He's a jealous God. He is so jealous. He just wants all of our affection. And we, we look around at so many different things that, that, that can be our answer, or that, that we can find satisfaction in. And I think the deeper we go in this relationship with the Lord, the more we realize how much he yearns for our time and yearns for our affection. There is an incredible revival. How many of you have had the privilege to read a book that was written in 1971? I have a first edition copy of it that was given to my father. It's a precious thing. Um, it was Mel Tari, Like a Mighty Wind. Has anyone ever read that? It's an account of the Indo Indonesian revival. And it's one of the most beautiful accounts, but it's interesting. Like that revival that happened in the 60s, uh, like every revival that I see, it began with repentance. It began with the church repenting and the Lord revealing things. And in the early days of the Indonesian revival, um, they, they, in the presence of God, would, would uh, begin to um, go to their brother and say, hey, you know, there was such a move of God. They, they, there was a wind. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Just like the day of Pentecost, they actually heard the wind come. And... Uh, and, and, and they received that fire. They received the Holy Spirit, uh, that baptism of fire. And it, as they did, the Lord was wanting them to, to shine brightly, to be compelled by love to go where normally our insufficient, broken love could not take us, into the dangerous places of Borneo, into, into the jungles where, where they would have to cross rivers that were full of alligators and it was 30 feet deep. They would have to go among tribes that were dangerous. But they needed a love that would compel them. And, and the, the truth is, the, the, the more we repent, the more we look like Jesus. 
And I don't think the process ever stops. It's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Well, I believe that repentance is a continual process in the Christian life, that we look more and more like Jesus. And when we look more and more like Jesus, we look less and less, less and less like an old man that was already crucified. That our flesh and our soul come into alignment with our spirit and we begin to walk like Jesus. We begin to talk like Jesus talked. We begin to, to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. But that, that starts with us, us coming to the place in our heart. And in these early days of the Indonesian revival, um, uh, they were sharing the story of this. This lady that, that approached a, a man, she said, uh, God says that you have um, been unfaithful to your wife and he's calling you to repent. And his wife was there, and his wife said, see, you know, you. And he said, no, no, I, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Um, and then the, the next prayer meeting was the next day. And the same lady came back to the man and said, well, this was the woman's name. This is where it happened. This is, uh, this is how often. Or, or, and, and it got very, very specific. And at that point, the man repented and just fell to his knees and encountered the Holy Spirit. And his wife said, see? until another lady came up and began to call out the things in her life. And then she fell to her knee and began to repent. And the Lord's calling us into a place of holiness because he loves you that much. And he loves the world around you that much. There's a fear of the Lord that causes us to walk in fear and trembling. At the same time, there's a fear of the Lord that we're be just beginning to understand. At least for me, in Genesis it says, he will put on you the fear and dread and all the animals will be afraid of you. Every crawling thing will be afraid of us. In Deuteronomy over his people, he says, on this day I will put in you my fear and dread and the nations will tremble when they come around you. When the Holy Spirit manifests and puts on you the fear of the Lord, you have nothing to be afraid of. At the same time, this fear of the Lord is an understanding of his awesomeness and his power, of his omniscience and all the other omnis. He is an all-powerful God. But there's also another understanding of the fear of the Lord. Because if I only had a relationship where I said, Oh God, God, you're a big God, please don't. How healthy would that be from a position of sonship and and his sons and daughters. I know in, with my children that wouldn't be a very healthy relationship if that was the only way they, they, they saw the fear of the Lord. But yet we've been in, invited that the Holy Spirit would put on us the fear of the Lord. And what does that look like? I believe it looks like this. God, you're a b -b -b big God and you're my daddy. It's not one or the other, it's both. <laughs> He's my daddy. And if he's my daddy, he that's in me is greater than he that's in the world. If he's my daddy, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. If he's my daddy, ha ha, and you could keep going on and on and on, couldn't you? With those proclamations in the word. As I shared this uh, with my friend, uh, I, was out to, I was out to lunch and uh, with David Wallace, who, uh, David, where are you back there? I just have to brag on you. Do you know he comes from the Wallace clan? The Wallace, William Wallace? Yeah, come on. 
that just makes you cool to start with, but you're already a really cool guy anyways. But, um, but he was there, and, and as I was sharing this with him, this other understanding of the fear of the Lord, uh, he said, I, I just see this picture of, a, of this little baby rhino, and it's just like stomping and strutting its stuff, and, you know, it's just going along, and, and whenever, wherever it goes, all the animals part. You know, the zebra go one way, the gazelles go the other way, but it's happening because there's a big rhino behind him. But he's just, oh yeah, woohoo. We delight in the fear of the Lord because we have a big daddy. And he loves us. And he's full of grace and mercy. He loves us and he wants to operate with us. Because if we, I tell you, if we will fear the Lord, we will not fear the enemy. This is the fear to not fear. Wouldn't you like to have the fear to not fear? Well, let's just put our hands out. Holy Spirit, we receive. We thank you for what Jesus paid for. We thank you that as we receive the Holy Spirit, you have poured out on us wisdom, counsel, understanding, power, and the fear of the Lord. And we receive it right now. We receive the fear of the Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We want to walk in confidence knowing who you are, our big, good daddy, the whole of worship today about his goodness. He's a good father, and he loves you. And when you walk in confidence with him, hell is afraid. COVID is afraid. Principalities and powers are afraid. And perfect love can flow. This fear just gets in the way. And if we don't fear the Lord, we'll fear everything else. There's just no other option. You were made to worship. You were made to be in awe. You were created to worship. In the Indonesian revival, they would go into, uh, they would go into Catholic churches, and they would, they, would, they would get with the priest and they would say, we feel that you are to burn all the effigies. Uh, I, I'm using the wrong word. Effig effigies, thank you. Yeah, you're to burn all the things of, of Mary and, and Paul. And, and, and the priest said, but, but they're just, you know, but, but, but why? And, 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 and they said, well, if you, would you work with us that if you would pull all these shrines into the center of your room, uh, let, let's, let's see what God will do. And so they would call together all the priests. They would bring all the effigies of, of Mary and Paul and all of them right into the middle of the room. And then, um, and then as this little Indonesian group would pray, um, then a bolt of lightning would come down and it actually set all of, all, all of these things on fire until they burned to the ground. And, and the priests uh, in these communities would get so excited because they would go get everything else. They would just start gathering and then they would bring a second load in and, and the Lord would do the same thing. Because he's a holy God and he doesn't want any other images. He doesn't, doesn't want anything else. And I, and I say this blessing my Catholic brothers and sisters, because there are Catholics that know the Lord. There are Catholics that have a relationship with the Lord. And I hate to say this, just like there are people that call themselves Christians that don't have a relationship with the Lord. And I just bless them. I, I, I bless God bringing us together as one body. I just thank the Lord. He is so good. But in this early community, as the Lord began to uh, just open their eyes to things that were hidden in their lives, they began to see how they had gone to other things. And in this community, they would go to witch doctors. 
because uh, they, they were they were part of a denomination that that uh, believed that the works had stopped two thousand years ago, that there wasn't anything else more for today. And so, when the sick would come into these little churches that were planted, uh, they, they were planted by 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 a Dutch group two hundred years before. They would come in there and say, "I'm, you know, you're you're going to have to. If, if God wants to heal you, He will heal you. If God wants to do it, He'll heal you." But that's all we can give you. And so they would go away sick, and then they would end up going to the witch doctors, and within two to three minutes, they would be healed. And then they would go about their business. And, and the Lord began to just uh, walk them through a, a time of repentance, uh, walk them to a time of, of confession. Uh, and, uh, and what it began to do is that the, not only did, did uh, the awareness of the presence of God begin to increase, but then uh, it, it looks a whole lot like the New Testament because in, in their church gathering, this is one of the first churches to be sent out in the revival, uh, they, they spoke to this man and they said, Sir, God is calling you to repent um, of the sin that you did, and he's giving you a time. He said, if, if you don't repent within one day, you're going to die. And, uh, and this man said, No, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And he came back the next day because they were meeting every day. And the whole community, aware of what, what the Holy Spirit was doing, began to call out the hours that this man had left. He said, you only have five hours. Please, just go to the Lord on your knees and just repent for that sin. No, no, I won't. No, no, I won't. And it got down. I don't even know if they had a watch in that community. But it got down to where, what they considered one minute. And they heard a countdown from the Holy Spirit saying 30, 29. And the whole, the, the whole community began to say, and count down the, the, the time that this man had left. And at the last four or five seconds, he said, this isn't true. I will not do this. And he dropped dead. It sounds a whole lot like the New Testament. There, why, 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 why? Because he wants our light to shine. He wants our light to shine, but it has to begin in us first. I remember these words of one of my favorite songs. Anyone love Keith Green? Oh, Lord, you're beautiful. I was, I was meditating on this. Oh, man. Let me just read it all. Your face is all I seek. For when your eyes are on this child, your grace abounds to me. Oh, Lord, please light the fire that once burned bright and clear. Replace the lamp of my first love that burns with holy fear. I want to take your word and shine it all around. But first... Help me just to live it, Lord. And that's what the Lord's doing in this moment. He wants us to live it. He wants us to walk out a walk of holiness. He wants, he wants, us, he wants you to know today that he is a now God and he's here and he's available and he's ready. And it just takes you saying, God, forgive me. There's that sin I can't seem to, to kick. And the Lord today... And his graciousness is inviting you. And he's saying, I'm the now God. You don't have to wait till I come in my glory. I don't know about you, but every time I think about God's glory and his return, I just start repenting. <laughs> every time I've had encounters with angels, it's the same. I remember a story from Surprise Satoli that he shared at our church when he was here. He said he was in a car, and there was four people in the car. And uh, he was in the back seat, and uh, he, was just, he was just puttering along. Everyone was getting sleepy, and... 
And so he was kind of drifting off back and forth. Well, he woke up, and the guy next to him was asleep. The guy in the shotgun position was asleep, and so was the driver. But yet they were still driving down the road. And then this angel uh, came in physically manifested in a green robe and blonde hair, came in, and he sat between the two guys and was holding the, the wheel. Well, the first thing surprised did is, God, I'm sorry for everything. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for all the stuff that I, I, I haven't even thought about. How many have done that? Whenever I used to hear like a car horn that sounded like a trumpet when I was a kid, I'd be like, what? I, I had it down. Like 20 seconds, I could cover everything that needed to happen. I was like, Father, even the things that I don't know about, that I, that I don't remember, Lord, please forgive me. <gasps> oh, it's just a car horn. Okay. All right. But he's in this car, and he just began confessing. And then the angel turned around and looked at him and just smiled while he was steering the car. And well, that made him repent even more. So he's oh, God, Lord, forgive me, you know. And, and he was so overcome just in the encounter of the presence of God that he shouted out, what's next, God? What are you going to do now? He didn't know if he was just going to go to heaven or what was going to happen. But he shouted so loud that the whole car woke up, including the driver, who, who kind of shook and, and then looked back at everyone and said, oh, I think I need to pull over. I'm tired. And uh, surprise is like, yeah, you've been sleeping the whole time. But so uh, he pulls over, puts some water over his head, get, gets back in the car. Um, this is a three-day journey. They were supposed to stop in three cities across Mozambique. And uh, as soon as the driver got back in his car, it was about an hour later, they pulled into their final destination. And they had only been gone four hours. But, you know, when we, when we encounter the presence of God, when we come into his holiness, it's because he's a good God. We have to remember that. It's because of his goodness. He wants us to be a vessel that's ready to pour out his light. That that, it would, that, that light would, would become brighter in us as we bring it to the community around us. You know, one of the things that marked this revival was the children. And didn't you just love what what Paul shared and what Ed shared. Man, it's the children. Do you know over this house? Right here, there used to be 10 buses lined up, school buses lined up. There were 5,000 on their Sunday school attendance. They impacted and influenced people all over the city who still talk about going to Sunday school there. I tell you what, there is a call over this house and there's a work of God that is still gonna come to pass. He's calling us to be a part of something that is great and powerful. In the Indonesian revival, there were children who, uh, who were sent out uh, because there was such a need to reach that nation, because they were being compelled by the love of God. As they, as they came under the presence of God and, and, and the Lord began to work in their life, uh, things began to come clean. Their hearts became whole. See, it's not just a matter of repentance, but it actually said that he's come to bind up the brokenhearted. Many of us today may have repented for something or, or even forgiven somebody, but, but, the, but have we invited? Does that area still hurt? We may want to invite the Holy Spirit to come in and bind up a broken heart. But as the Lord did this work in that community, they would actually send kids out into the jungle. Kids, young, young kids would go out to evangelize these villages. I'm, I'm looking over at, uh, I'm looking over at uh, the Theobalds, and I'm just seeing that age of kids, like, and, and them all just, just marching. And, and, and the adults that would see these kids 
would say, well, aren't you afraid? Because all kinds of jungle creatures and everything. And they said, oh, no, we're not afraid. There's an angel in front of us. They, there's an angel behind us. And there's an angel either side. And one day, these kids were in the community. They're, well, they were going through the jungle. And they just had to, each one of these groups, they couldn't navigate. They just had to follow the Holy Spirit. And, and they would have visions and dreams as they camped that night as to what the direction would be for the next day and how God would take them. And, and these children, one day, they came to these fruit trees, and, and the Holy Spirit said, don't take fruit from these fruit trees. Go on. Go on to the village, and they will have fruit for you there. The Lord was hungry for this village to hear the message of the gospel. And so he told these children, don't, don't eat from these fruit. But the children kept looking up at the fruit and uh, started climbing up like monkeys and, and just, just having fun, you know, wrestling, just hanging out, just being silly, getting fruit all over them. And, uh, and it, it was not more than, I think, about 30 minutes after they chose to stop. And these are just kids, no adults. Um, they looked at each other, and all of their clothing was missing. All the children were naked. And they looked around. Where did our clothes go? And one boy looked up in a 70-foot tree, and all their clothes were on top of the tree. And the Lord said, I told you to go to the village. I told you to go now to the village. And these kids, little kids, got down on their knees and began weeping and repenting to the Lord for not hearing his voice and obeying him. And then as they wept and repented, they were trying to figure out how to get their clothes back. And the Lord said, uh, climb up the tree. And they said, Lord, it's 70 foot. And the Lord said, ask this particular child to climb up the tree, and, and, I, and I will give him... Uh, suction to be able to climb all the way up and down. And, and I don't even know if they knew what that term was, but like, like, a, like a lizard, I think they said. And so this one boy went up, and as he touched the tree, uh, it stuck his feet and his hands like Spider-Man. And he was able to climb up and get all the kids' clothing down. And they were able to go into the village and see that village turn for Jesus. All of these things, and I could tell you so many more stories about the Indonesian revival. There, was a, there were all these, there were all these um, Amerindians on one side of the, the lake, and they were all shouting to this little group uh, that was going to bring the gospel to them. Uh, and they were saying, don't, don't cross, it's too dangerous. The, 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 it's floodwaters, you know, it's floodwaters, it's too dangerous. Come back another day. And the Lord told this group, get in the river, go to the other side. And so one man finally he got in the river, and the water only came up to here and he began walking and he began walking and he got into the middle of the river that was 30 feet deep and called back to the rest of his group who were like we can wait <laughs> come on this is our opportunity and they all walked on water as, as they walked across this mighty river and all uh, uh, all of these Amerindians ac accepted the Lord and I can just tell you story after story after story but that started that started with an awareness of the holiness of God and the awareness that he's a good father. He's a b b big God, and he's your daddy. And he's inviting you in his goodness this morning. Would you stand with me? He's inviting you in his goodness this morning to take a moment. And I feel this morning, and if, you, if some of you would like to come to the altar, you can. The Lord has been challenging me on things in my life. I've come free of addiction. I've been free for 10 years, over 10 years. God is inviting us this morning 
There may be some things on our heart. There may be some secret sin. This is what I would ask you to do this morning. He said, I'm the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. Who is and who was and who is to come. The now God is here for you. Doesn't take an angelic throng or a vision of heaven or thinking about the return of Christ. It takes Jesus right now available here for you to just take a couple minutes with the Lord. Could I invite the worship team back up? Thank you, Father. Jesus, we just come to you and we thank you that you're a good God. You're a holy God. Oh, God. Lord, we receive the fear of the Lord so that that we don't have to fear anything else. The principalities and powers would dread us coming around. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wherever we go, the darkness would tremble in people. And the demons would cry out, not before our time. Because Kevin Kirkner went into a grocery store. Because Kyle Theobald was trimming some trees somewhere. Sparley Lewis was at an art show. God, you are so good. We just come this morning, and Lord, I would just ask, Father, would you just search our hearts? And Lord, if there are things that we need to give to you, we, we do right now. If there are things we need to repent of, we do right now. And I feel like this is a personal thing this morning. Would you just go before the Lord? This is an opportunity. He's pouring out his grace. Oh, we want revival, but it takes holiness. It takes a move of God in our hearts. Oh, Jesus, we just come before you. You are such a good God. Lord, we come boldly to the throne of grace like little children, jumping on our Father's lap and just asking for grace and mercy in our time of need. We come this morning to a good Father. Lord, we remember that our, our mercy Lord, extends through that veil and it's tied to the mercy seat. Jesus, Lord, we come this morning and just ask you to forgive us for those things that have, for disobedience, for, for sin, open sin, secret sin, over, covert, whatever it is, Father, we come this morning. We want to be a people set apart for you, Jesus. We want to be a bride that shines brightly, that, Lord, as you work in our hearts, we're so full of love that we become compelled by love. That, Lord, we don't judge because of stuff in us. Those people that are going to, children that are going to come into this house and the parents that are going to follow. Can anyone believe with me? Those parents are going to follow the children. This is your opportunity. Oh, this is an opportunity right now just to make right with the Lord. And thank God as we do, it's immediate. There's an open heaven over you. It's immediate. It's immediate. There's an open heaven over you right now. Lord, we just invite you. We invite you, Jesus, that we would delight in the fear of the Lord. Or we would be those little rhinos just running confidently with a big daddy rhino behind us. Oh, God, we love you, Jesus. We love you in this place. Thank you, Father. Oh, God, thank you, Father.
Thank you, Father. I'd like to invite the prayer teams up. Also, uh, if you do have children next door, I invite you to go. But I'd like you this morning, just uh, two, well, three, three calls really this morning. Uh, number one, if you don't know the Lord, if you've never experienced his grace, Jesus is appearing all over the world. He's appearing uh, to, to, to Muslims in jail cells. He's, in fact, in Indonesia, they came on this little village where Jesus had appeared uh, to the witch doctor that was over the whole village. And Jesus led the village to him. And they dedicated their lives and they burned all of their witchcraft stuff and they walked in to evangelize this village and they were already evangelized by Jesus. How fantastic is that? That he is working, that he is moving in this place. But three things this morning. Number one, if you don't know the Lord, and you would know it because your life would be different. Your life would be changed. I just invite you to come up. Secondly, if there's an area that you've been really struggling in, maybe an addiction, maybe something else, or maybe it's something that you just want to share with the team, and I'm not going to say what that thing is. You know how you're being compelled, but to come up and just have one of these team pray for you. And the third thing this morning I feel, obviously the call is always open for physical healing in this place. We believe in it. But I feel this word on the broken heart was really heavy on me this morning. We can repent, but has our heart been healed? Does that make sense? We can, I, I say repent really, it's more towards forgiveness, but we can for, forgive somebody that hurt us, but the hurt can still be there. And you know it when you think about that person and that, and that pain or that hurt comes up. The Lord said he's come to bind up to heal the brokenhearted. And I just feel like a real invitation this morning that if you have a broken heart, a relationally broken heart, just to come up, because sometimes that can get in the way of us being able to love each other, to be open to each other. Because love looks like something. Love is love is just not something we can say we love God all day long, but then are we really loving those around us? Are we loving our spouse? Are we loving this community? Are we loving each other as a family? You know, there's such an open opportunity right now. But Holy Spirit, I just thank you for those that, that you're putting on your heart to respond this morning they would just come up in confidence and boldness. Lord, and I just thank you for the healing of hearts this morning. Any heart in this place that has been broken, God just wants to bind it up this morning. Anyone in this place that is struggling with addiction, have you know Jesus went to the cross to break the power of addiction. He went to the cross. It's one of the reasons that addiction would have no power. If that's you this morning, come on up. Thank you, Jesus. Bless you guys. Let's just go ahead and do a worship song as we go out. If you're just spending time with the Lord or meditating, please don't hurry. I encourage you to come up. This is an opportunity to respond to whatever the Lord's putting on your heart. Just open that up. Thank you so much for coming. We just thank you if you're a guest with us this morning. We just honor you. Bless you. You go out. You said yes to the fear of the Lord. You said yes to accepting it. Not by, oh, I have to do this, do that, but no, I just have to receive and rest. Hebrews 10, 4 says, just as God rested from his works, so we too rest from our works and enter into his rest. The kingdom of God is resting and receiving from a God that already paid for this, a God that already fulfilled all righteousness. Now this morning, as you go, be that light, be that word. We love you guys. Bless you.